Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. It's a Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest. Hello and welcome back to A Tad Predictable. This is episode 70, the big 7-0. Um, I'm continuing the series, the State of the Nation Address. We obviously listened to the guys from American Scouser. They gave us the Liverpool lowdown. We recorded part one. Part two will come out soon enough. Um, but we're moving on to another club that is traditionally a big club, Um they're hoping to be a big club once again, uh, Arsenal Football Club. I'm joined by season ticket holder for Arsenal Football Club, Khaled Patel. Khaled, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to correct you there because you stated that Arsenal were formerly known as a big club. <laughs> we are humongous. We are huge. That's the end of that. So I'd like to formally state that for the record. Uh yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I can see the lawyer coming out of you already, uh, <laughs> picking up on the little details. So this should be a fun one. Um, Khaled, now, obviously, being a supporter of a, as corrected, big club, um, is this something you had a choice in? Or was this like a birthright? Were you, how did you become an Arsenal supporter? Yeah, so growing up, Essentially, none of my family was majorly into football. Uh, I am the only boy uh, in my family, uh, have lots of sisters, uh, and my dad was more into cricket. Uh, so obviously, growing up, I think it was around 1995, uh, you're probably talking about. And essentially, I don't know what it was, but I remember watching an Arsenal game and seeing uh, literally the kit. To be honest, I loved the night kit uh, and I thought to myself, do you know what? That looks amazing. Uh, and from then on in, I became an Arsenal fan. Uh, and I mean, it's hard for me to really remember the roots of it. But essentially, I fell in love with Arsenal. I wanted the kit. So I made my family buy me the kit. And back then, you had to mail order it in. So it was literally fill out a paper form, send it in to Arsenal with whichever letters that you wanted on the back of the shirt. They would then send it back via post, then it came. Uh, and the tell went on because I then followed Arsenal ever since that date. Uh, and the rest of my family followed suit. Uh, and yeah, thankfully, it was just before Arsene Wenger came. Uh, so I was an Arsenal fan before we were actually massively successful. Uh, and it was shortly followed by absolute greatness. Yeah, and, and the listeners will know um, my favorite manager of all time is Arsene Wenger. So we share some something common there in, you know, the time period that you got to enjoy Arsenal. I think that's some of the best football that the world has seen, in my opinion. But Khaled, we're quite a ways away from the Wenger era. Uh, as I mentioned, Arsenal have been trying to get back to that sort of level. Um Wenger, you know, when he by the time he left, uh, the whole thing was about is top four good enough anymore? Whereas now we're seeing top four is, is especially in terms of revenue and what what the what that can do for for a club, uh, the players that you can then attract. Um, 
And speaking of players that we can attract, um, Arsenal have done some business this window. We, we can't say the same for certain clubs. I, I, have Man United signed anyone yet? I'm, I'm not sure. That, that, yeah, they have that, uh, fullback. The fullback, the, the present that they gave to Ten Hag when he came in, obviously. Get, <laughs> get my boy from, from Ajax. Um, but yeah. yeah. Let, <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah, no, the, that boy from Feyenoord, uh, to be honest, like I said, I haven't got a clue what Man United are doing. I think they're only signing Ten Hag players, aren't they, at the moment? Or players that have previously worked with them. They can't attract anyone. Yeah, it, it's, you know, having a saga battling for Christian Eriksen with Brentford probably isn't where Man United want to be at the moment. But I'm sure we'll get to the Man United fans and, and they'll get their chance to to, you know, um, speak on them. But for Arsenal, Khaled, um, they've made some signings. They've done some business. I guess the the headline signing would be Gabriel Jesus. He comes in at 46-odd million. Um, he had a market value, which surprised me, of 45, considering he, his, his um, contract years were running down. I thought it was going to be lower. So he is still seen quite valuable in the market and Arsenal are paying there and thereabout in terms of market value, pretty, pretty close to market value, which is a, a, a good thing to see because that's one of the bones I have to pick with Arsenal is not necessarily always transfers in and the prices they pay, but certainly transfers out. And we'll obviously get to that side of things at the, you know, at the tail end of the podcast and, can they bring money in from players going out? It's not been that that good of late. But Gabriel Jesus, you guys have been crying for a forward. Um, were, were you one of those that always wanted a forward? And is he the profile of forward you wanted? What were your thoughts when, maybe when you started getting linked with him and when he finally came through the door? Uh, so I was very happy with Gabriel Jesus. Uh, and by no means, obviously, I'm a massive Arsenal fan, season ticket holder, uh, swear and die by the club, but I'm also a realist as well. So realistically, looking at the state of where the club is currently at, who could we have possibly attracted that's better than Gabriel Jesus? Considering that the striker market at the moment uh, is literally, there's no one. So apart from Haaland, uh, I'll mention Nunez just for yourself, uh, there really isn't massive strikers out there that Arsenal could attract. Uh, considering the position we left ourselves in, uh, having let Aubameyang go, uh, and obviously Lacazette going for a free as well, we were in desperate need of a striker. Uh, and I think, to be honest, Premier League proven, uh, young, relatively young, 25 years old, uh, and he's got a good pedigree. Uh, and to be honest, he's worked with Arteta before, so I would say, yes, I was very happy. Uh, with regards to the pricing aspect, uh, I think it's actually irrelevant these days. I think considering that we didn't get Champions League football, we have to pay that premium. Uh, and due to the nature of literally every club looking for a new number nine or a striker, we can't afford to wait around haggling over five million as we have done in the past. Uh, hashtag Suarez. Uh, so uh, we're in a situation where I think we got the best possible striker available to us. Uh, and I'm very happy with him. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you look at Arsenal's front line, a lot of those players are quite interchangeable in terms of there's not really a true number nine, so to speak. Maybe Eddie Nketiah can, can claim that now as, as the the traditional type number nine, but there's a lot more fluid players. I can see Jesus. We've seen him play on the right for Man City. We've seen him play up front as well. He obviously started up up front, but I think he, at, at the very least, he'll bring a good work ethic. We know he'll work hard for the team. Um, whether or not he gets enough goals for Arsenal, I think that's going to be the big uh, question for him. But uh, do yeah. you think... Do you think he's now tasked with being the man that goes gets 15, 20 goals a season or are they just looking to spread that out uh, around the team? Uh, I think listening to Arteta's interviews, etc., he never puts a burden on one player to have X amount of goals. It's more about the team contributing for more different positions to get goals. I think what Gabriel Jesus offers is Arteta's looking for that striker who presses from the front, uh, the first line of defence per se, uh, and essentially he has that in Gabriel Jesus so he's someone that's going to work hard for the team 
of course, we'd like him to contribute as many goals as possible. But I think that the way that Arsenal play football, we don't tend to score very many goals anymore. Uh, it actually is quite concerning. Uh, if you see last season, I mean, whenever we go 1-0 uh, up, we tend to go back into a low block and just defend and hit on the counter-attack. So I really think that there's no massive burden on Gabriel Jesus to score X amount of goals. I think it's more about team contributions. Uh, it would be amazing if he scored that many, but it's an unknown quantity. I mean, at City... He never really got a regular start. We never really saw how good he could be in terms of replacing Aguero. So fingers crossed he is, but uh, I'm worried about that number nine shirt. It tends to be cursed for Arsenal. So uh, hoping he can break that curse. Um, yeah, look, many teams have cursed shirts and, and, and the weight that gets put on certain numbers. But um, yeah, it looks promising. We'll see how he integrates. At the very least, it's a player that Arteta will know Arteta will know also knows the system considering um, how closely Arteta worked with Pep Guardiola so that should help him you know to bed into the the squad Um, we move on to the second big signing a player that probably needs a bit more bedding in Um, it's Fabio Vieira now did you guys sign him because his name is Vieira is is that the hope (laughs) that he can replicate uh, one of the, the the greats at Arsenal Football Club uh, I'd like to think that played an element, but I very much doubt it. Uh, to be honest, this was a signing completely out of the blue, wasn't it? Uh, I think no one had predicted that this would happen. There'd always been rumblings uh, through various different Twitter threads and various rumours that Arteta was looking for uh, a supplement to the Odegaard stroke Emil Smith-Rowe position, uh, a creative player who can pick the defences uh, there was never much traction because Odegaard had settled in quite well and obviously we had uh, Smith-Rowe to back him up. Uh, so this came as a complete bolt out of the blue. Uh, like I said, as an Arsenal fan, we take whatever we can get. So we're very, very happy we've signed someone else. But yeah, in all honesty, they're thinking behind it. I can only think it's to add further depth and creativity to our squad where sometimes, like I said, the lack of goals, this could hopefully help to contribute to increase those goals. Yeah, it, it, yeah, as you said, it's one of those that's out of the blue. Um, I, I thought personally there were enough players filling that role, um, especially with Smith Rowe waiting in the wings. Yeah. Does yeah. that affect his um, development as as a player or not? Um, and my worry is, is that the money that's taken out of, let's say, the defensive midfielder kitty? Is that a concern for you, or do you think you know this? This is just getting a player that was available, a quality player that you know he can play. If you if you guys, for example, ever went to a four four two, you know Vieira can play wide right. He's got the ability to play there. He's played there, you know, in the past before, um, and similar to Odegaard, can fill a lot of positions with quality. So as you say, it's bringing in depth, but. Are you worried that this is eating into maybe other areas that um, that maybe you would have wanted to get filled? Uh, in all honesty, in previous years, I would have said yes. Uh, however, I think that the way that the transfer was conducted and the swiftness in which it was completed and obviously hearing that Arteta personally requested for him, I don't think it will eat into any of our kitty, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm more concerned about Arsenal's need to think whether we need a defensive midfielder. I mean, you've touched upon it. Most Arsenal fans you speak to will uh, state the need that we need another central midfielder. Uh, And I don't feel like you're eating to the kitty. I think it was just a player that we wanted uh, and that we thought we could get. So we completed it. So as long as we hopefully sign a central midfielder, especially with the uh, ongoing rumours about Thomas Partey at the moment, uh, I think it will be perfectly fine. However, if Vieira was intended to be some sort of a new type of midfield player, central midfield player, etc., I don't think we'll play him there. So hopefully it's not. Uh, but yeah, I'm not too concerned. As long as we definitely sign someone, we should be fine. Yeah, so that that's definitely one to keep a close eye on to see what other um, centre midfielders come in there and how Arteta then utilises Vieira. But you've made some other signings, maybe not as you know well known in terms of player profiles. Um, Matt Turner comes in four and a half million. 
Um, does he just come and slot in as as the, the the backup goalkeeper? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, so he's come in to slot in as the backup goalkeeper. That that deal was agreed earlier this year in around January time, uh, and then obviously confirmed uh, in the summer. He's a, a lifelong Arsenal fan, which is always good to have on board. I mean, we're trying to create. I mean, it's quite cliche, but a DNA and a culture around our club, uh, following a lot of toxicity with former players. So uh, having someone that actually wants to play for Arsenal uh, will be amazing. And hopefully he doesn't do as many interviews as uh, Emilio Martinez has done as our former backup keeper. Yeah, look, um, especially if, you, if, if you're of the, the school that maybe the Carabao Cup is where you you have your backup goalkeeper, let that be their tournament, then maybe that's where he'll get his shine. But um, Ramsdale's still quite young, so should be able to carry the majority of the season, um, this coming season for Arsenal. So I, I don't know if Turner will play an awful lot of games, but at least he's there, he's back up. Um, at the very least, you've got the US market that you could tap into there, um, maybe get some cash in. But uh, we move on to a player that I personally was not aware of, uh, Marquinhos. Uh, he's a winger. He's come from Sao Paulo. Um, you guys do well with uh, Brazilian wingers. I'm thinking of a certain one, a certain young talent at Arsenal that is currently playing as a winger slash forward there. Is this just uh, one of those where continue to bring in young talent you know we know Arsenal are quite good at developing um, players and just hoping that he's one of those that gets settled into the squad no pressure on him at all and it, it's pretty much a bonus and a free hit for the club yeah absolutely uh, I think since the success of Martinelli uh, and also Edu's uh, close links with Brazil having formerly worked with the national side uh, I feel like this was uh, a free hit, per se, whereby which Marquinhos can come in, hopefully hit the ground running. If not, I'm sure we can loan him out or develop him uh, to get some some sort of profit at the end of it. Uh, in terms of his profile, I mean, Wolves had already agreed to deal with him uh, and Edu essentially paid Sao Paulo some money despite him being a free agent just to sort of secure better relations with them uh, in the hope of future development uh, and player relationships between both clubs. So, uh, yeah, in all honesty, an unknown quantity to majority of Arsenal fans, the majority of people. I think he'll have some time to adapt. I think they're going to take a look at him in pre-season. If he does well, he may potentially stay. Uh, however, I think the most likely option may be alone, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Interesting stuff there. And I, I think very important to note that relationship that you're saying could then develop from this. If If you've got a direct line to Sao Paulo. That, that's a pretty good um, factory to kind of get some young talent coming out of. So hopefully that, that becomes fruitful for Arsenal. But Khaled, I hinted a bit earlier in the podcast with regards to my concerns when it comes to Arsenal and selling players. Now, I'm, I'm of the opinion, unless you've got, you know, the, the funding and the backing of, say, like a Man City or the commercial revenue of a Man United, player sales and how much you can get from those is massive in terms of being able to then, you know, if, if your owners are, are willing, being able to get, you know, money from sales goes back into the transfer kitty. That, that's usually a philosophy that many yeah. clubs employ. Now, in recent history, Arsenal haven't done too well in that department. And, I'm worried looking at, you know, the players that have gone out uh, confirmed so far. We've got Gwenduzi, who, for obvious reasons, you know, wasn't um, in and around the squad at Arsenal. I think there were there were issues mm -hmm. off the pitch uh, yeah. rather than necessarily his talent and on the pitch. Because I, th I think many would admit that he, he is a young, talented player. I mean, he's a France international. They, they, the national team's loves him so it, it wasn't necessarily about him not being good enough but you do also want a squad that's harmonious a squad that's pulling in the same direction and it didn't necessarily seem that was the case with him but he went out on loan and he's ended up staying uh i think they paid a fee of about nine mil nine point nine million for him now that for me is a bit frustrating considering what a talent he is i, I think a lot you know if 
in a perfect world, if he's leaving and, and he's been happy and, you know, he's played for Arsenal, but it's just time to go, you're probably getting at least 30 million for a player of, of his talent. Um, were you equally frustrated with how this transpired or is it just one of those where the player kind of took it out of the club's hands? Yeah, I mean, I'll be entirely honest with you. Uh, I've been extremely frustrated by Arsenal's transfer negotiations in terms of the prices we're paying, in terms of the the money we're receiving from sales. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this deal uh, was negotiated last season, whereby which we sent him on loan and they had a clause where they could obviously trigger a buy, uh, a buy clause, which they could trigger for this value. Uh, and I think it's utterly ludicrous. I mean, since then, he's prospered. He's in the French national team. Uh, and I've always liked Guendouzi. Uh, personally, I'm a bit old school. Uh, I like people that wear their heart on their sleeve. Uh, I appreciate the passion uh, and the energy. I know he had the bust up uh, at Brighton with Malpe, where he insulted him for the amount of money he earned. And yeah, but he's a kid at the end of the day. He makes mistakes. I think there was also talks about uh, behind the scenes antics where he was maybe taking the mick out of Arteta uh, during some training sessions, etc. behind his back and just childish behaviour. But uh, he was a good player. And I mean, to be honest, that midfield, we had, we lacked such options. So, I mean, essentially, what we could have done is potentially re inverse him back into the fold, put him back into the fold if that was possible. But unfortunately, under Arteta, it seems that you get one opportunity. And if you mess up that opportunity, unless your name is Granite Xhaka, uh, <laughs> you, you will essentially uh, be on the chopping block. Uh, and we've got rid of him because we had to, because of a, a bad clause that we negotiated last year. Uh, and frankly, it is very frustrating because, I mean, KSC have actually been... Uh, quite good of us recently in terms of fund funding. However, if you consider the amount of players we've let go, I mean, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Guendouzi, uh, Ozil, Kolasinac, etc. The list goes on in terms of just releasing players, Mustafi, uh, and the amount, the hundreds of millions of pounds that's been basically just thrown away. Uh, and if you compare it to other clubs, like you said, Man City, Liverpool, who tend to get massive transfer fees for players uh, of less ability, I would say, than the likes of Guendouzi. It is incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I mean, we we, we saw in the news uh, Neko Williams uh, is potentially sealing a move to Nottingham Forest from Liverpool for almost £17 million. I mean, <laughs> I in terms in of mind. talent comparison, in, yeah. in terms of, yeah, when you, when you mentioned talent comparison, look, um, you know, as I always say on this podcast, um, I don't know the man, so it's not a personal dig at Neko Williams. I'm sure he's a lovely kid. But in terms of talent, when you're comparing him with Guendouzi, I, I think it's safe to say majority of people would would admit that Guendouzi is a, is a more talented player than, than Neko. So for Neko to be earn, earning Liverpool 17 million, Arsenal only getting 9 million for Guendouzi, I, I sense the frustration and yeah. I get where that's coming from. Um Mavro Panos also leaves for 2.8 million. I mean, I'm looking at his market value here and they've got him down as 13 billion for his market value. Yeah. Look, we don't always get market value for players, but I think the the difference there is just way too big for me. He never really settled at Arsenal. Did, did you give him much of a chance of being integrated back into the squad or was he one you just kind of wrote off? Uh, I think, to be honest, he ne he was never really given uh, a massive opportunity. Again, another situation whereby which he had purchased option was already into his contract uh, and he had another successful season. I think the issue with Arsenal is we've always had our finances whereby which we tried to strategize to say if we send a player on loan there's a mandatory option uh and i i'm entirely agreeable with that however it's burnt us literally twice uh in this window uh and i always liked my proponents i mean he seemed like uh, a relatively good player he was nothing spectacular but we never really got to see him uh he's done well uh, in the bundesliga and essentially it's another situation where I just don't think he was in favour of Arsenal. I mean, we signed Ben White. We have, obviously, Saliba coming back from loan. Uh, we have uh, Gabriel at the back. 
uh, and holding. So I feel that there was no real position for him at the club. So it was a case of cut our losses, get him off the wage bill, take as much money as we can. So we had that mandatory option, which was put into the contract just to ensure that we could get rid of these players rather than have a situation of sort of what Chelsea have, which is just loads of players floating on loan. Yeah, that can be dangerous as well. Um, but yeah, I, I get where you come from. Get those wages off the bill. Um, maybe that was the thinking with not renewing Alexander Lacazette. Maybe it was an issue of form. Yeah. Um, when he came to Arsenal, there was a lot of fanfare. I was quite irritated that Liverpool didn't get him um, at the time because I thought he would have fit us really well. And you know, towards the end of the season, there were spells when he's in the team, spells when he's not in the team. Um, for, it, it's just a sad way for a player to go who I think does bleed Arsenal. At least that's the impression I got from him, especially when, you know, when he's celebrating goals. He, he certainly seems like one of the players that really did enjoy performing for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, he ended his reign at Arsenal, so to speak, more as a creative player. Than, than a goal scorer he kind of was almost like a 10 bringing players in in and around what what was your thoughts on um like I said should he have stayed should he have gone um him leaving on a free uh I mean back to the initial part where he stayed like I said when he first arrived I mean I was absolutely buzzing uh the reason is is because everyone that was looking for a striker around that time several years back Lacazette was always available he was scoring goals I always had a slight concern because no real club went in for him. Like, no one really went for Lacazette. I didn't know if there was something behind the scenes that no one knew, uh, etc. But he was a young, promising striker. Uh, and the fact that Arsenal got him £50 million is like, wow, statement signing. Uh, and to be honest, he never really sort of took off. Uh, towards the end of his career, like I said, he did become more facilitator. I called him like a club mascot because... He did wear his heart on his sleeve. Uh, he pressed as much as he could from the front. But unfortunately, I think he'll be remembered for his lack of goals, uh, more so than anything else. Uh, he seemed like a good person in the dressing room. Uh, and yeah, a likeable character. But I think, unfortunately, his ties with Aubameyang has sort of painted them both together. And I think they'll always be remembered together as a sort of promising strike partnership that we should have had that should have been amazing but ultimately failed uh i'm entirely agreeable with arsenal not renewing his contract i mean you just have to look at the past mistakes of ozil and abamyang for giving players larger contracts into their 30s i mean i'm sure you remember uh arsenal having a previous policy where we would only give one year rolling contracts to anyone over 30 and we sort of strayed away from that because fans, I mean, it was Dennis Bergkamp in mind, who obviously should have been given a larger contract as he ever wanted. But Arsenal fanfare around changing that policy sort of pushed the club into committing more and more money into older players. And it's put us in a really, really bad financial position in terms of obviously recouping transfer fees uh, and offloading these players. So I think Arsenal have learned from that lesson. So I'm entirely agreeable with that. I mean, I wish Lacazette nothing but the best, but... I'm happy to move on into a new direction. Yeah, and, and certainly yeah. a new direction. As we mentioned, um, Ketia gets the new contract. Gabriel Jesus comes in. So it's a new look front line and, and we'll see how they handle things. Now, um, no other official play, you know, outings for, for, for Arsenal Football Club at the moment, but there are a couple of players that have come back from loan and they're kind of in a questionable situation. Um, maybe we could just kind of play a game of keep, keep, sell, or, you know, keep, sell, or loan, uh, okay. with these players. Um, yeah. so William Saliba, obviously young, promising he, player. He yeah. gets bought in, um, for Arsenal football card. Could you just wax lyrical about, uh, Saliba and why you think you should keep him? I mean, I just feel sorry for the boy. Like, genuinely feel sorry for him. I mean, he was signed for a large transfer fee. Uh, he comes into Arsenal off the back of a loan. Uh, once he comes into Arsenal, he's not really given a chance. There's a, a shake-up, obviously, between Emre, Arteta, and the regime's changing. Uh, he's sent back on loan. I mean, during that time, I believe, I think his mother passed away. Uh, and he's still a young kid. So essentially, he's been 
basically shunned by Arsenal management at the moment. He hasn't been shown, given any chance whatsoever, like literally next to nothing chance. Uh, the fans are desperate to see him play. He won the French well, Young Player of the Year last season. Uh, he's a French international. Uh, and to be honest, just give the boy a shot. I mean, we wax lyrical about Arsenal, about signing players, about making sure we get the biggest name signings. But we literally have someone that won the Young Player of the Year uh, in the French League. So all Arsenal fans are desperate for is to give him a shot. Uh, I know it would be difficult, obviously, because we have Ben White and I'm a big Ben White fan, but Saliba deserves his chance. 100% we have to keep him. We need to give him a new contract. We need to put an arm around his shoulder, make him feel loved. Uh, because to be honest, he's not to blame for anything of how he's been treated. Uh, and he deserves a shot. Uh, and for him to obviously come out at the carpet at the Emirates, he'll get a massive ovation. Uh, and hopefully he does well for us. He's he's certainly a talent um, and he should be one that you rightfully are excited about. Um, I'm excited to see him play uh, at Arsenal and hopefully he, as you say, he stays for a bit longer, gets a new contract, gets yeah. shown a bit more love and appreciation uh, from the club because I, I don't think they've handled um, him coming in all too well with the loans and, and, and what's going on there. But we, we've addressed Gwenduzi, obviously. Let's move on to a guy that's been at Arsenal for years now, yeah. uh, Bellerin. I can see you smiling as as, as I'm <laughs> describing her. Did you know I was I was turning to Bellerin? Yeah, uh, I mean, to be honest, I will I will always have a soft spot for Hector purely because I mean he's he's pretty much Arsenal through and through. I mean he's our longest serving player in our squad, uh, and. Like I said, at one stage, he was literally the one of the best right-backs in the world. I mean, we gave him a new £100,000 contract. It was seen as a coup for Arsenal because Barcelona were in for him. He was sensational and he was fast. And out of nowhere, I don't even know what happened. He became a model, stroke vegan. Uh, he all of a sudden lost his legs, couldn't keep up, was more interested in his looks. And he, again, I would say another club mascot, someone that... The fans will always have respect for, but he needs to go. Uh, essentially, I mean, look at how bad our right-backs are. Take out Tommy Asu. We've got Cedric and Bellerin as backups. Uh, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take Hector over Cedric, but still, regardless, we need a uh, freshening up there. So definitely out with the old, in with the new. Yeah, and, and we saw the difference it made when Tomiyasu was out the squad versus when he was in it. Because he, he came in and hit the ground running. And I always say to Tottenham fans that Arsenal won that that trade-off. You know, they, they, no one was sure whether yeah. whether Emerson was going to Arsenal or, or Tomiyasu and vice versa for Spurs. I think Tomiyasu was the, the better signing on that one. So, yeah, a backup for him would be good. So we, we, we've, we've kept Saliba... Gwenduzi has been sold. We're selling Bellerin. Lucas Torreira, Khaled, he, he's another one similar to Gwenduzi, who I felt had the talent to start for Arsenal, but it's just never, it's not worked out for him. Maybe not as controversial as Gwenduzi um, in terms of off the pitch, but he's just never fit in at Arsenal. And he's come out and said that he does not want to stay at Arsenal. So does that kind of make the decision for you there? hundred percent. I mean, it feels like Torreira has been on loan at Fiorentina for the last 10 seasons. Uh, like literally, Fiorentina, uh, if anyone's listening, if you need money, you got money from the Vlahovic deal. Please use it. Stop pretending to the rest of the world that you have no money. Uh and if you want, like you've done with Jovic, we can give you like a, a, a sell-on clause. Just take him, please. Just because, in all honesty, Torreira first came. Arsenal wanted that dogged midfielder, bit of a bruiser. Uh, and bless him, he tries his hardest. But uh, he reminds me uh, a lot of... Uh, who was the player for Spearing? Jay Spearing for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> don't disrespect Torreira like that mate not not yeah, Jay Spearing no. come on <laughs> uh, personally like I said I, I've never been a massive fan uh and yeah please 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 sell him he's definitely in that he's got that dog in him column yeah. um as our American listeners like to say but look <laughs> I think Torreira would be perfectly good if he just embraces that he is going to be that 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 pest in midfield and you give him the, the, the Herrera role, 
that Herrera used to get where he just like man marks Kevin De Bruyne the whole game. Like give him one player to man mark and he just sticks with that player wherever that player goes and he just like wears that player out. That That's what I would have loved to see Herrera do. In all, in all honesty, I would just like to see him just leave our club. Just personally, <laughs> I don't think he can be, speak English still. Uh, he just never really fit in with Arsenal like massively. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to obviously just see him leave our club. Uh, wasted money again, just car losses uh, and hope for some fresh blood to come in. All right. Well, we'll continue with these after the break in terms of keep, sell or loan. And we're back. Uh, keep, sell, loan. Uh, really fun segment. Khaled, welcome back. Glad you stuck around. <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. Um, so we had just gotten past Terrera. We're moving on to Maitland-Niles. Now, this is utility player. Uh, I, I, do, do you know what his favorite position is? Or I what wish, his best I wish he was a utility player. Uh, to be honest, he wants to play centre midfield. Every Arsenal fan wants him to play cover for right back. Personally, I would keep him. Uh, one, he's come from the, our youth system, Hayland, uh, and he's come through the ranks. Secondly, he's a humble guy, uh, really likable character, uh, amazing penalty taker, and when he plays right back, he's awesome. Uh, he was knocking on the door for England call-up a few years back when he was playing right back. But he wants to play centre midfield. And unfortunately, despite how dire our centre midfield is, we aren't that desperate. So uh, I would keep him if he's happy to play right back. If not, goodbye. Oh, my word. Another loan or just sell him? No, 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 goodbye. I'm tired of loans, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I don't, he got West Brom relegated. Uh, <laughs> he then went to Roma, did nothing, got a Mickey Mouse medal, came back. So... Uh, his value is just decreasing by the day. So literally sell him if we can. Yeah, that's probably something Arsenal need to look into is not just loaning players out, but where they're loaning them out to. Because exactly. him going to Roma, I just didn't see him starting enough games. And it's just, as you said, his value has just gone down now. Another year off his contract, which means value going down again. Exactly. And he played right back. For Roma. So he was happy to play right back for them, but he wouldn't have to play right back. How does that figure? Uh, and yeah, and he also, I don't know if you remember, he did those uh, controversial Instagram stories uh, about us a few years back. So yeah, I would personally just uh, say goodbye if he's not happy to play cover for right back. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because I like players that came through the academy that can be squad players. You can kind of mm-hmm. slot them in. They're not going to cause issues um yeah he would have been a really good backup right back but yeah as you said if he wants to play in center midfield i don't see that happening at arsenal so probably best to just let him go and and he can try to do that elsewhere now i'm interested to hear your thoughts on the next guy because if there's one player that i heard rave reviews about before he made his arsenal debut was reese nelson uh, i was hearing stories like this guy is so good in the academy we've sorted out our wide areas it's like he was getting more hype than saka at one point in time yeah. and now he you know saka's obviously gone on to do great things uh, for arsenal and for england and reese nelson's kind of been left behind yeah no completely uh, i mean in all honesty i'm not the biggest reese nelson fan uh, the reasons are basically he doesn't really do much every time he's played for Arsenal. Uh, he doesn't really contribute much. He is that typical winger that I think every single club has where they have a bit of pace. They have the look of a winger. Everyone thinks they they look, they sound like the best winger that you can get. And then they play and they don't really perform very well. They go out on loan. They do well or remotely well. You have that sort of cult following or some fan base which really wants them to play. I've never been sold on him. Uh, he's always had a lot of hype behind him. Uh, he's in that Sancho sort of generation where Sancho carries a lot of hype as well. Uh, and in all honesty, I just don't think he's good enough for Arsenal Football Club. He did well on loan at Fiorentina. My personal opinion, we should capitalise on that and sell him. Uh, he's been around long enough without making a breakthrough. Uh, and I think it's time to move on. Maybe do a two-for-one special with Torreira. Just bundle uh, them together. 
I would love it. That sounds absolutely <laughs> spot on. Like, to be honest, I just want to transfer you at this stage now. I've just got to the stage where I just want some money. I don't care if it's not my money. I want that money in the coffers just in case we need to get Tielemans. Uh little teaser for future chat. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one we're going to talk about a bit later on. But yeah, let's carry on with these uh, players that have come back from loan. Yep. We've got two more left. We've got Pablo Murray. Oh, we've got three more left, but... Yeah, we'll we'll see how important the other ones are. But we got Pablo Murray, um, who I think just from a numbers perspective, there's just no space for him. Um, assuming Rob Holding is staying, uh, Saliba's going to get integrated back. Obviously, Gabriel is there, and then Ben White came through last season. It, yeah, there's no space for Murray. I mean, I don't know if you've heard. There's there's a dirty little rumor. I don't know if this podcast will allow me to tell them a dirty little rumor, but there's a dirty little rumor <laughs> that uh, Arsenal have his contract based on appearances and bonuses relating to that. Uh, and his first season that he came, or well, midway through the season, we stopped playing him because there was a freak injury apparently. But apparently, if he plays X amount of games more, uh, we have to pay a sum back to his original club uh, and. I don't think Arsenal wish to do that. So I think that he is gone, unfortunately. Oh, interesting stuff. You heard it here first. Um, Coloured breaking yeah, news here. It was, it was broadcasted a lot on social media through the Arsenal channels. Obviously, you probably wouldn't pay that much attention considering you don't think we're a big club anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, that was a, a dirty little rumour. And knowing what Arsenal are like, again, hashtag uh, Suarez, it probably is true. Yeah. And look, if he's not a player that's going to have a long-term future, it does make sense to not then pay that extra fee uh, for exactly. him. It, it's not worth the investment. Um, I, I mentioned that there were a couple more, but we've got trust in, we've got Runnison. I don't know if you want to do them together because personally, maybe it's disrespectful <laughs> yeah. to them, but like Runnison... If you, if you can... You, it might be one of those you have to pay to, to leave. Um yeah. That was a bad signing. That was a really <laughs> bad signing. Like, literally, Arsenal fans knew he was rubbish coming in. Uh, and then he came and he actually was rubbish. And I can't see him ever playing for Arsenal again, to be honest. Uh, and I think Trusty, to be honest, you touched upon it briefly before with Matt Turner. I think we're targeting the American market. Uh, we get better reach out there. I mean... The only reason I can think of it is, I mean, what, two players, both American, well, American youngsters, essentially. Uh, the only thing I can think about is we're trying to tap into that market. Honestly speaking, one for the future, I guess. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Obviously, he was signed, I think, in January. And yeah. And loaned, loaned straight back, back to them. Um, to Colorado Rapids, yeah. Yeah. Now he's coming to Arsenal. We'll see if he can break through or at least help with the financial side of things. But yeah, that's a long list of players that have gone out on loan. A lo quite a few you've said you want to sell, but as we've been bemoaning for, for this podcast, that's not a lot of money coming in, even though it's a lot of players that we're yeah, looking to sell Yeah, it's the wage there. though. The wage is what we're looking at. It's, if we The way that Arsenal calculate transfers, I'm sure it's quite well documented, is we take into the rate that we pay for the transfer fee as well as their wages. Uh, and so for any new signings that are coming in, for example, Gabriel Jesus, we wouldn't consider it to be just under 47 million. We would consider the full value of his contract and how that breaks down. So to clear up the wage bill for a club like Arsenal uh, essentially adds more money to our coffers because that's how we calculate our transfers. Interesting stuff. Yeah. OK, so that that would be uh, quite a bit in terms of wages. I'm looking at yeah. specifically Bellerin. If you can get that off the books, that exactly. might that might buy a, a, a backup right back just on his way to the Yeah, as long as Cedric is happy to leave, but I don't think he is. Okay, okay. So, well, you've you've mentioned Cedric there, and we've mentioned potential backup right backs. Are they, you know, like what's what what's left for Arsenal to do in this window? Both both incomings and maybe some outgoings. Um, you've hinted at if Cedric wants to go, but in terms of incomings, are there specific positions that you're targeting or specific players that you think the club should be targeting or is it similar to Vieira where if a deal becomes available let, let's just get that one done yeah uh, I mean in all honesty I will firstly touch upon what 
is the ingredient that Arsenal are looking for. I mean, Lissandro Martinez, who looks to be heading to Man United anyway, is our sort of left centre-back stroke, left-back cover because Tierney uh, is always injured. We definitely need cover at left-back, as we saw to the tail end of last year, uh, when Nuno Tavares... Mm. I just briefly mm. paused there just to let, yeah. everybody, let, let just to let it marinate so everyone can remember his performances towards the end of last year. Because of Nuno Tavares, we definitely need some cover there. Uh, so we had some success with Tommy Asu on the other side, essentially playing right back, but also right centre back. I think we're looking to do the same, which is why we've targeted a player like Lissandro Martinez. Now, personally, I think he's too short to play centre back. Uh, I don't know if you saw the viral picture going around of uh, the Argentina squad on holiday, but him standing next to Messi. And he was literally the same height as Messi, but Lissandro Martinez was standing on uh, a beach bed. So uh, I personally, I wouldn't be too upset uh, once he signs for Manchester United, but we definitely need some cover in that position. Uh, and it looks like Arsenal are aware of that, which is good. Centre midfield, I want Tielemans. I want Tielemans really badly. I don't care if people say he hasn't got an engine. I don't listen to any of that. Uh, just the eye test alone, uh, He's a baller, like 100% he can play. Uh, and I've said this since before he went to Leicester uh, and seeing his performances at Leicester. I mean, he's in the engine room. He's pretty much box to box. Despite him apparently not being able to play boss for 60, 70 minutes, uh, I think he's better than anything we have currently. Uh, obviously, leaving out Partey of the conversation, I think he's better than anything we have currently. And he adds some much needed experience first and foremost uh, because absent of party and Xhaka we then go down to Elneny and Lakonga who pretty much have played backups their whole life uh, so I would 100% go for Tielemans uh, he's someone that can link up our play uh, from defence to attack uh, he can also shoot from long distance a lot better than Partey and uh, Xhaka also so yeah he would be a big big signing that I would want yeah, and, and with Tillemans, I think he would be at that age bracket where he's starting. he would be looking to start to get a lot more consistent. And we know Arsenal have a very young squad, so there's going to be a lot of inconsistent performances, which comes with the territory when you have a young squad. So maybe someone that is a bit more consistent, and he's, you know, thankfully for, for Leicester fans, they've been in Europe uh, a couple of times over the last couple of seasons, so he's played you know two games a week so he's used to that kind of schedule it won't be a shock to his system so that that's definitely one to look out for I think it's one that Arsenal fans have flirted with for quite a while now uh, it, it, it's about time Arsenal finally listen and bring him in um out of interest do you feel the club needs a defensive midfielder because from my perspective if Xhaka starts again next season I'm going to be pissed off <laughs> Are you not a Xhaka fan? I'm not a Xhaka fan. I can't, I'm I can't stand him. I'll be honest. I'm a Xhaka fan. <laughs> I can't stand him. I just think that he he's not a defensive midfielder, yet he's the one you guys always put into that left-back or centre-back role. Um, I think I think Xhaka in a three, right, as yeah. maybe the left-sided centre midfielder, but you need someone behind him to screen. Because I don't think he pays attention defensively. He loses his, 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 his person that he's marking quite a few times. And he keeps getting, you know, whenever I speak to some Arsenal fans and I'm speaking about, do they need defensive midfielders? His name always gets brought up. And I'm like, I don't think that's the profile. If they can get someone that can just clean up behind the midfield, then allow the Odegaards, the Smith Rows, the Vieiras that have come in, if Tillerman comes in, Partey comes in, if they can then go have a bit more license to go forward and be as creative as they can be, knowing they've got someone behind them that can clean things up. Like, imagine like a, you know, maybe prior to his injury, but because uh, we, we don't quite know how he's going to be when he comes back. But Wilfred Ndidi, if he comes in and he just is a shield for that Arsenal midfield, I think it would make things a lot better. But yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on would that profile of player fit in an Arteta team? 
Yeah, I mean, Thomas Partey was meant to be our answer to, to defensive midfielder. The problem is, is one, he hasn't been fit enough. He hasn't played enough games. And now, two, with this ongoing scandal, which, again, uh, we don't know if it is him or not. But the clues certainly suggest that he could be the potential player in mind. If, I believe, the trial is in early August, I think that Arsenal are essentially waiting to see what happens there. But I completely agree with you. I don't think we need the Tielemans-type player to replace Partey. It would be to replace Xhaka. Uh, because I think they're very similar in that situation. I, I completely agree with you, 100%. We need a better defensive midfielder. Wilfred Ndidi, uh, the season before last, was sensational. I'm uh, a huge fan of his. I mean, I, I'm big into stats. And if you look at the amount of tackles that he averages per game, I think that season you're close to around five to six per game, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, so... In terms of winning the ball back and just laying it off, a Fabinho-esque player, Arsenal fans would love that. Thomas Partey was meant to provide that role, but for some reason when he plays, he tends to do more attacking and shooting than anyone else. And Xhaka, maybe because he just seems to be left in that position. Like, he's the one, not really screening, it's just essentially because Thomas Partey is pushing so far forward, Xhaka's the last one left trying to run back to get them. Now, I am a Xhaka fan. I do understand some of the frustration from some of the fans, but... Uh, he's the best that we've got in terms of passing uh, from midfield. Uh, and he wears his heart on his sleeve. Like I said before, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I love players that wear their heart on their sleeve and care about the club. And you can tell he gives 100% every game he plays. So uh, I can't knock him for that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm just surprised, especially after the bust-up he had um, with the fans a couple, a couple of seasons ago now, that yeah. he's still at the club. But anyway, as I said, it's I think it's just me and Xhaka just don't get along. Um, and I guess <laughs> that's just not going to... It's it's never going to change. I, I don't quite see why he hasn't been replaced. But as you say, I mean, there have been, you know, there have been players for, for the club I support, Liverpool, that have been in the club... Um, that have played a lot more minutes than I think they deserve. Um, but you know what? The manager continues to pick them. So they get paid the big bucks. Hey, ho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I can no tell comment. when you're hitting that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, hopefully that gets addressed uh, this off season. Um, yeah. Look, if, if, you know, if, if it's a situation of trying to find a, Ndidi replacement. I mean, uh, an alternative to Ndidi. I'm looking at maybe, you know, Lille. Um, they've got Amadou Onana there. He's pretty decent. Um, I know, I was, yeah, you guys have been linked to him. I think he could do a job there. Um, Manu Kone from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Still young. Maybe if, if you guys had an older player and Kone could be their understudy then i think that would work out really really well but yeah, my yeah. worry my worry is he's going to be the understudy to Xhaka and he's going to learn all the bad traits of football <laughs> no. uh, and I, I don't want to ruin him i don't want to ruin him like that i'll be honest with you i'm i'm tired of inexperienced players in central midfield i mean arsenal fans will consistently tell you we haven't replaced patrick vieira we never did thomas Partey was meant to be that player uh, and it's probably the closest uh, illusion to what Patrick Vieira was. We don't have that type of stature in midfield. And we try, we tried with Sambi Lukonga. I mean, he looked like a deer in headlights in some of the games he played last season. And I don't even blame the poor guy. He's come from the Belgium League uh, and he's been thrown into the deep end. So he needs time to develop uh, slowly. But Premier League experience and Premier League players, I think is where it is now. I mean, if you look around the world, I mean, not being biased, but I think we're probably the most competitive league, uh, the best league, you could say. I know that's quite a big statement, but if you look at the top six clubs compared to everyone else in the world and the transfer activity we have, we have the largest transfer fees, the largest wage bills. Uh, and generally speaking, if you get a player from the Premier League and they have the experience to do it, i.e. a Teal Tielemans, they're just going to fit in well. The adaptation process won't be as long and it gives the Arsenal as a team and Arsenal fans some sense of security that we're not going to have another Mohamed El 
won any, despite however well we did at the tail end of last year. Uh, that's why I would hope for some Premier League experience in there. Yeah, well, I, look, Basuma could have been someone. Uh, yeah, he's I like to... Basuma a lot. Now I hate him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's now gone to... Um... A club, I guess, that you don't want to name um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but yeah, may, maybe maybe they might be looking. We'll see if they they continue to look for someone in that area of the field. Now, you guys flirted a bit with uh, Rafinha. So I'm wondering, was that a... Because, you know, uh, 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 Gabriel Jesus hasn't signed yet. We're trying to get the city to budge on what, you know, the offers we've made. By the yeah. way, if you guys don't agree to this, we're going to go get this guy instead. Or was it a, no, Gabriel's coming in, we want another forward as well? Uh, I think it's the latter. Uh, I believe uh, and am well informed that essentially Arsenal wanted a right winger purely to replace Nicolas Pepe. Uh, and rather than try and sell Nicolas Pepe first, we wanted to get a replacement in first and then sell him later on. And the reason for that was due to past mistakes, uh, whereby which Nicolas Pepe uh, was signed for 70 million because everyone knew Arsenal had a massive transfer kitty uh, and we didn't want to fall into that situation again. So to try and recoup the best fees possible for the players, we wanted to try and be proactive sign a right winger that can provide some backup to Saka, forward slash B-Walk and give Saka a rest, uh, and also play along any of the positions, either wing. Uh, and I genuinely think that we're still trying to recruit from that position. Uh, I say well-informed. Uh, like I said, I can't disclose anything further, but I'm sure you're aware of our discussion off-camera. Uh, but essentially... Uh, Arsenal did want Rafinha, still want Rafinha. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen because he's waiting for Barcelona. But we've been recently linked to Eden Zagrova. And Eden Zagrova is a player I have not an absolute scooby about, uh, but he plays for Lille. So I hope we avoid him. But we are definitely actively looking at the right wing position. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. We'll see if you guys can can get someone in. And as you said, we'll we'll keep an eye out for Eden. Well, he's got the name Eden, so it can't it can't go too bad. Well, it's spelled differently, E D O N. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that one goes. Um, so we've covered midfield, we've covered the forward line, two positions that you're still looking to fill in. That left back slash left center back position as well. I think that would, if, if they can get all of those in, it would leave Arsenal in a very healthy position. I'm still worried about the goals, if they're going to get enough goals. But if they can stop enough goals going in, you don't really need to score that many. Um, if you, I think it's if you've got plus, is it plus thirty goal difference um, in the Premier League, then you're going to make top four. I think only two teams in the top five leagues in world football haven't made top four without you know after getting plus 30 goal difference uh one of them was because um i think it was Fiorentina, and that's because they got uh banned from playing in europe so <laughs> it you know it's unfortunate for them and then the other season was when in the premier league when five teams got that so yeah if, if you either add goals or reduce the amount of goals that are going in um I think will be the key for for Arsenal. But Khaled, is there anyone else that you want to discuss, or anyone in in the squad that you think needs to be sold? I know you've you've now hinted at Nicolas Pepe, who wasn't yeah. on the run sheet. I would say Pepe, uh, and the reason for that is because he's been a huge disappointment. I mean, we've talked previously when he first got signed; uh, it was an astronomical amount of money. Uh, I wanted Wilfred Zaha. Uh, people may laugh at me and think, why, etc. Again, uh, one, he was an Arsenal fan. Two, he wears his heart on his sleeve. You're, you're seeing the theme here, the type of players I like, and free Premier League experience. Uh, Nicolas Pepe, he looks a world beater when he plays for Ivory Coast. Uh, unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out for him. Uh, it's so predictable. You can see him cutting in every single time. You know what he wants to do. Uh, and unfortunately... We just don't have space to, for him to sit on the bench. I mean, we spent a lot of money on him. If we can sell him 
and I would have loved to sign Rafinha. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I think he's an amazing player. Uh, great technical ability. He presses. He fits into everything that Arteta wants in uh, a winger. Unfortunately, it wasn't going to work out. But I still think that there's other options on the table uh, across the world. Uh, I, do I realistically think Arsenal will go for them? No, which is why I don't disclose them. So I'm not laughed at. Uh, because a lot of people laugh at Arsenal fans on Twitter because they think we're delusional. Uh, <laughs> but, like I said, apart from that, I think I would love another striker. Am I being greedy? Probably. But I feel like Eddie Nketiah, he was given a contract and that was due to his performances at the end of the season. Has much changed from the last historic years of his Arsenal career? Till now, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he's good enough for Arsenal Football Club. I think he's good enough to be a substitute striker, but I don't think he's good enough to start. So if, God forbid, Gabriel uh, Jesus is injured, what would we do then? So I definitely feel like we need another body up front, whether it be a winger or a striker. So ideally two people. Uh, The winger position we already discussed that we're looking for and ideally another striker. If you ask me what type of a profile striker we're looking for, uh, two of the biggest clubs in the world and in England, Man City and Liverpool, have a bigger presence up front, both physically uh, and I feel like they're changing their approach slightly. Uh, I know that you previously disagreed with me on this point, but I feel like you've basically got two big men up top now, uh, Haaland uh, and Nunez. And I feel like Arsenal would benefit from having someone uh, with a little bit more physicality at the top of the pitch. Someone who, if, for example, we're playing against Man City uh, and we are stuck in our own box and we have to lump it up, someone that can literally stick their chest on it, hold it up and let our flair players get into the game. Because in those games in recent times, we've really struggled because we're in a low block and we just can't get out. There was no presence up front. Is Hayes Gabriel going to offer that? Possibly uh, running him behind, but not in terms of hold-up play. So I definitely feel like having a different option because Enketia and Hazus are pretty much the same physical profile. If we could have someone a little bit different and a little bit of physicality, uh, it could help. Yeah. Um, names are shooting off in my head. I'm thinking Ivan Tony, maybe, if, 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 if that's... Or I don't know if he meets the grade. Um, I'm a bit scared of him. He might just slag us off on social media uh, <laughs> and, and then what would happen but no I mean the problem is is I'll be honest with you when you said that name I was, I was kind of upset because it I felt sort of like you were disrespecting Arsenal but realistically speaking I don't even know if we could get a calibre of Ivan Tony wishing to come for us because if we do bid for him man you are going to copy us Tottenham are going to copy us and he's probably going to choose one of them uh, but no, I definitely feel like that sort of a profile, we definitely need uh, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, maybe. I know, I mean, the jury is out with him. Uh, he has turned into a mini Hector Bellerin being with the whole modelling, etc. But I feel that type of calibre of player, a Tammy Abraham uh, would have been amazing. But definitely that sort of calibre we want. Yeah, look, um, if, if you can get the deal done without informing the Man United and stuff, maybe maybe you could sneak in. But yeah, <laughs> I, I like the Tammy Abraham signing. Uh, yeah. That would have been interesting. And I, I think we're definitely going to have to bring you back on because there's so much Arsenal that we can we can talk about and especially the, the profile of players that they could come in. So I'm, I'm sure executive producer Guy will get in touch with your people. So, Guy, so my get, people me will... get me on. <laughs> Tell Guy that I want to do like a, a review of when the All or Nothing podcast is out so we can talk about what ha- we actually see on the television screens. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that should definitely be an interesting one. Um, I'm sure we'll organize something for that. But Khaled, uh, we've discussed Arsenal, the state of the nation. Um, I think with the young squad, you know that year on year, the players themselves are going to improve just by, by becoming older. So at least as a base, the, you'd say the squad is better than last season from that perspective. A bit more experience, yeah, you know. Definitely. Uh, and I feel like our dressing room is a lot better. And I think that's the most important thing with Arsenal at the moment, because we had a lot of issues in the past. 
Uh, we've got rid of a lot of Deadwood. We still have a little bit more to go, but the personalities are better. And the squad is definitely, I would say, younger, uh, more experienced, and I think thicker in the sense of we have Arteta's looking for two people for each position. And I think we're getting closer to that, uh, where we've hopefully uh, we can start challenging again. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, and as we said, we've 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 gone through the players that we feel Arsenal should bring in. If they bring those people in, it should be an exciting season. But uh, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Uh, Khala, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Uh, just want to say a massive thank you for having me on. Uh, would love to do uh, some more bits with you guys. Love the work. And I just wanted to plug uh, Axis Solicitors. That's uh, my law firm. If you need anything legal, Hit up Guy and Tadiwa and the rest of the team, uh, and they'll put you in touch with my details. Awesome stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put that stuff out. Um, guys, from my end, definitely go and check out EPL Index website. There's match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you guys could wish for can help keep up with all the transfer news. Of course, there's the Daily Footed Podcast show. Uh, it's the Two Footed Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Go check that out. Um, the flagship show is on a hiatus a little bit. Uh, it's the EPL Roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Uh, Kev re- recently got married, was on his honeymoon. Uh, I don't know if he's back yet, but congrats to, to Kev hey, for that. Kev. Yeah, massive, massive stuff. Um, guys, also, uh, please go and check out our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. They obviously present this in association with EPRindex.com. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at LibertyShield.com. You guys can save with the coupon code EPL25, and that gets you 25% off of your router, or if you go with the software option, it downloads immediately onto your laptops and and electronic gadgets as is and when you need it um guys go follow at epl index on twitter go follow at a tad predictable on twitter go follow me at tad predicts on twitter as well um i've been teddy ochenakira as i said you can find me at tad predicts on twitter Thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA. He does the intro music for us. And I know he's working on a new intro music for next season. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm waiting to hear that one. Um, our producer behind the glass that does all the running around behind the scenes, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. I said he's been Khaled Patel. Guys, check out Axis Solicitors. Um, and remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshiro. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.